Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. Hey, how's it going? This is Matt here from Silver Fortune. So I want to take some time in this video slash podcast to answer a question from one of my Patreon supporters with the username Avtomat Kalashnikova. Now the question is as follows. What is your assessment on the potential for a deflationary recession slash depression. A few financial experts are claiming that the next economic downturn will entail severe deflation. Personally, I do not see how this is possible in the long term with so many outstanding liabilities nationwide. Maybe you could analyze the deflationary recession hypothesis and see if there's any merit to it. So first off, I want to say it's an excellent question and an excellent username. Maybe some of you guys are familiar with what Avtomat Kalashnikova relates to. Uh, but I want to get th- one thing out of the way. I-, I think the fact that there is going to be a recession or a depression is, well, it's it's hard to debate that. Eventually it's going to happen. And I would argue, this is a bit more opinion, um, this is a bit of a prediction here, but that it's going to happen sooner rather than later, potentially in the next year, year and a half, as evidenced by the inversion of the yield curve, weakening economic data here in the United States and weakening economic data worldwide. Now, that's not to say it won't, we can get into that today as to why or how it can be staved off through through uh, the intervention of governments and central banks. But certainly we're getting closer and closer to a recession or a depression. Now the question is, what's it going to look like? And, and for a long time, me as well as many other people have talked about this as it's going to be a deflationary and then inflationary recession. Meaning what will happen as we get closer is we'll see a deflation. Deflation in the stock market, yeah, we'll see those prices go down, the real estate market, a lot of different markets like that, the debt market certainly. Um, We'll see defaults on debt, deleveraging, which can be very deflationary. We'll see all that happen, not unlike how we did back in uh, the financial crisis. And then we'll get the inflation. This is just the basics of it, right, of of, this argument that I'm making in this video today and and people have for so long. Then we'll get the inflation. The response to the deflation is what's going to lead to high amounts of inflation. And I want to use the word uh, hyperinflation, but I'll at least use the term high inflation. However, there are some people out there that would argue that, no, what we're going to have is we're going to have deflation or stagnation long term and that inflation is not necessarily going to happen. They're not necessarily saying that what it's going to look like is going to be a a good or robust economy. It's just not that it's going to to be inflation, an inflationary environment. And and I would say that the number one argument that they have to say this is going to be deflationary or stagnationary long term, one word, Japan. Look at the story of Japan. Japan had a very large bubble economy um, in the, what, 1970s. Um, and then some decades ago, it, it burst. In fact, if you look at their stock market, the Nikkei Exchange, it's uh, it's nowhere near what its all-time highs were, and that was decades ago. And since then, you know, despite the efforts of the government and of the Bank of Japan, their central bank, they have dealt with a stagnation-type environment. 
or, or sites site stagflation, right? Uh, the, their economy has not grown at a very rapid pace at all. Very weak growth, especially since the the uh, financial crisis, and their inflation. You know, despite the Bank of Japan increasing its balance sheet to a far larger percentage of GDP versus the the Federal Reserve or the European Central Bank, they haven't been able to spark inflation. Of course, central banks will love to try and spark inflation, and they haven't been able to yet in Japan. They own basically the entire uh, bond market, maybe not the entire, but a good portion of it. They own a good portion of of, uh, the equities market. Um, Interest rates in in Japan, their their, their, uh, uh, central bank rate, is below zero percent, you know. And so, despite all that QE, low interest rates, etc., that people have been saying is inflationary, they're struggling to get any inflation. They want inflation and they cannot get it. And why is that the case? Well, I think first of all, something important to understand is that just because Japan hasn't experienced inflation in the past, or their central bank and government policies, which, by the way, speaking of government policies, their debt to GDP ratio, debt to GDP ratio is well over 200%. I mean, the U.S. just recently topped 100%. Not pretty there either. Just because they haven't been able to spark inflation or they haven't had runaway inflation yet doesn't mean that they won't. In fact, I think that's ultimately what is in store for Japan. But what happened in, in Japan uh, many decades ago, was that they had a correction. They had a, a crisis, if you will. doesn't matter the nuts and bolts of it. I'm not as familiar with it as I would be maybe some U.S. ones or the financial crisis here in the 2008-2009 era. But they had a, a crisis. They had a, an event back then. And rather than choosing to allow bad debts to be written off, choosing to allow things to correct, what they instead chose was to try and prop things up, try and stop a, a terrible crash, and instead shoot for a soft landing. And, and by doing so, they basically lost decades of economic growth. They, they led themselves into stagnation and a lack of inflation, which is what they were trying for, in some cases deflation. They could have wrote it off. They could still try and, and get those bad debts, bad corporations, etc., off of their balance sheet today, it won't happen, but they could try today. Uh, but instead, what happened was uh, uh, basically a zombie economy, right? An economy that's not really growing that strongly. I mean, sure, there's bright spots in the Japanese economy, their export market and whatnot, but as a whole, it's just not what we see we saw out of Japan after you know the night after after World War II, um, or or what we saw in China um after or you know 2005ish or or really going back to the 1990s it's just not it's just stagnating and that's what i think a lot of people expect to be in store for the united states and even europe and it's not a terrible argument it's not and and i wonder if first of all we're already partway through this process of what some people would call Japanification, something I talked about in my last video or one of my last videos. Japanification, this this stagnating environment, this blah economy, inability to to spark inflation despite things like QE or low interest rates, etc. It, it's not a terrible argument. And yet, it, it would seem to kind of 
fly in the face of a lot of fundamental analysis that myself and so many other people far smarter than I have have done for many, many years. This talk about QE and lower interest rates and easy money and, and runaway government debt ultimately leading to not deflation, but inflation. And yet it hasn't. And I think that's what's going to happen next time around in this next recession is that we're going to be further Japanified for some time. Or at least they're going to try to. Right? They're going to sacrifice long-term economic growth to try and prevent a short-term crisis, just like they did back in 2008. And, and that's kind of what we've had since 2008. Not as bad as Japan, maybe, but really lackluster growth. They haven't been able to, to hit the inflation numbers that, for some reason, they're shooting for. The stock market looks great, sure. Um, but, but the real economy, the, you know, the middle class is shrinking. Wage growth has has really been terrible that the wealth disparity has has increased here in the united states similar picture for europe as well this japanification of the u.s and european economies and so i I can hear what your question is all right matt what's the end game here is it just going to kind of further move in this direction more and more stagnation no i don't think that's the case just like i said with japan and and how they're eventually going to experience higher and higher inflation I think that's the case for the United States as well. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. For, for a couple different reasons. First of all, I, in this next crisis, I think it's going to become evident fairly quickly. And, and by quickly, I don't mean in a couple of days, maybe weeks, months, even a year or two. That the, what the Fed is doing to respond is, is insufficient in some ways because they, they only can cut their interest rates so far this time around, in theory. I mean, they could go deeply negative, but I don't think they'll go deeply negative, maybe just a little negative. They can print a ton of money in QE, but or through QE or traditional QE, what they've done is, is buy you know mortgage-backed securities and, and treasury bonds. But that as well, I think, will be viewed as insufficient. We have to spark inflation some other way. And so what I think it's going to be is it's going to be a two-pronged approach between the U.S. government and the Fed, just like it was back in 2008, but on steroids. What I think we're going to see is, is a very strong attempt through spending, through an embracement, embracing, whatever, whatever the word is, of modern monetary theory, this idea that deficits don't matter. It's going to be done through monetization of debt. It's going to be done through helicopter money. It's going to be done through the Fed choosing to diversify beyond bonds and mortgage-backed securities, government bonds. They're going to move into, I think, other uh, realms, whether it's equities, uh, potentially corporate debt, um, uh, other types of debt, uh, even consumer debt beyond mortgage-backed uh, securities. And you're also going to see them monetize that. Now, this might they might not call it that. They might just be buying bonds. They might directly monetize debt, meaning just give the, the treasury a blank check, never mind the, the, the whole process of buying bonds. And, and then you'll see it from the government as well. And then you'll see the government embark on all these huge spending projects. You'll see them embark on 
on, on plans like, like uh, health care for all, um, universal basic income, um, loan forgiveness and college for all, massive infrastructure plans. You know, defense spending might play into this as well. You'll see new agencies. You'll see all sorts of new spending from the U.S. government to try and stimulate economic growth. You might even see just ridiculous things out there like cash for clunkers like we had back in the day. Um, and you also see, I think, some form of helicopter money. Now, this might be from the Fed, might be from the U.S. government, but if the Fed is funding the U.S. government, does it matter in the end? But I think that's what we'll see as well. Come in, could come in the form of universal basic income, but I think we're going to find in some way of, of, of helicopter money where the Fed directly gives the, the consumer or the citizens money to try and spark this inflation. I'm talking about a very drastic response. And, and the reason for this will be twofold. First of all, they're going to see the stagnation in the numbers. They're going to see that traditional QE and interest rate cuts are not enough. They're going to see that traditional government spending plans may not be enough, that they have to hype it up, they have to put it on steroids. The other piece is going to be political and social pressure. People realizing that, hey, more QE, more interest rate cuts, more of what we had last time around, bailouts, which is another one, another form of government spending I didn't mention, that, that leads to increased wealth disparity. That's, that's, that's a bailout for the rich, QE, interest rate cuts. Does, does the, the average middle class or lower class person benefit from that? Maybe to some extent, short term, obviously not long term. Um, but no, absolutely not compared to to the rich, the wealthy, right? And, and so we'll see an increasing wealth disparity. And so you'll see more and more societal pressure on the Fed and the government to somehow fight that, right? Um, n- not unlike what we see in, in France right now, the, the yellow vest protests, I could see something very similar here in the United States. People saying that, I don't care how much QE you're doing. I don't care what the Fed funds rate is. I just want a job. I just want to be able to keep my house. I just want to be able to put food on the table. And so you'll see all of these drastic policies from the Fed. And by the way, I wouldn't be surprised if we saw this from the ECB, Bank of, of Japan, People's Bank of China, etc., as well. And that's when we move into the inflationary realm. Massive amounts of spending, monetization of debt, an increase in the balance sheet, money printing, mixed with low interest rates. That is a recipe for inflation. At some point, it doesn't matter if the Fed and the U.S. government does their very best to stop the deflation and the deleveraging in the corporate sector and the consumer sector, etc. It doesn't matter if they try and keep the zombie economy alive through, through ways that, that Japan has or the U.S. has done in the past by keeping these zombie corporations with zombie balance sheets uh, alive or somewhere in between alive and dead. doesn't matter because all of the other pieces for inflation are going to be in place in that, that deflationary or that stagnation type of environment. It's going to be swept by a wave of inflation. Now, on top of that, I think we're also going to see some other factors at play here. Lack of confidence in the Fed and the U.S. government in ever being able to normalize policy. And also a frustration with, with a lot of people that use the dollar for trade or for currency reserves. Frustrated with um, money printing and low interest rates. And, and I think you also see that from, from individuals uh, or, or central banks and governments uh, that own government debt as well. And, and so that's going to be the other piece of this like inflation here in the United States, where you'll see 
foreign governments, foreign investors sell their dollars and sell their bonds. Maybe not all of them, but you'll see the U.S. dollar take up a smaller and smaller share of, of global trade denominated uh, currencies, whatever term we're using here, as well as as uh, uh, currency reserves by uh, by foreign foreign governments, whether it's bonds or or the U.S. dollar. We'll see it a smaller and smaller share, and so ultimately that means a larger and larger supply of bonds and dollars that are going to be coming home. Now, tying into this is also going to be uh, the U.S. deficit and the fact that it's going to need a massive amount of monetization. Tying into this is going to be the fact that the U.S. bond market is simply too large, and the scale of it is so much larger than uh, Japan, which which means ultimately that it's, there's going to be more and more crowding out of, of other corporate markets and, and, and consumer debt markets, meaning that if, if you... The Fed is going to be forced to to try and do what they can to suppress rates by becoming a buyer of all these different securities. Um, that's really where I see it heading. Now, I, it's a very persuasive argument to say that we this is going to be deflation and then just stagnation, deflation, stagnation, deflation for a long time until something gives. It's a good argument to say that that's going to happen for Japan as well. And yet, I, I'm pretty confident that the fundamentals that tell us that this stuff is inflationary, despite some of these deflationary things like like zombie corporations and a highly indebted economy. Um, the the fact that those debts will not allow to be to, to to decrease significantly, and instead have to be ever increased in order to to feel economic growth, um, it's going to lead to inflation. It's going to lead ultimately to you know, our own uh, Minsky moment where the Fed, U.S. government, and, and foreign governments in their own countries do their very best to, to continue to spark consumption, to spark more and more debt creation, to try and keep the economy chugging along over the short term, but ultimately sacrificing long-term growth. And we're already seeing this happen where, where the same amount of debt elicits a smaller and smaller response in terms of, of economic growth. And eventually, we're going to get to the point where, try as they may, the Fed and the government will not be able to achieve those means. And, and more and more debt, more and more easing is only going to lead to more and more economic weakness, contraction of the economy. That doesn't mean they're going to stop trying. I think they're going to try as hard as ever. And it's going to be inflationary. Now, again, the timeline of this is very difficult to pick out. I personally do not think for a variety of reasons, including the fact that we're the world reserve currency, I think that's going to end, the fact that so many of our bonds are bought by foreign investors and foreign uh, corporate uh, countries and, and central banks, the fact that overall our the, the size of our money base and the size of our uh, uh, bond market is so much larger than Japan's, that this is not going to be a several decade process. And even if it is, I mean, it doesn't mean silver and gold are a bad buy. I mean, look at the price of, of gold and silver in Japan in, in yen terms. It looks like it's not such a bad buy, especially compared to the Nikkei. But I don't think it's going to be a several-decade process. I think this is going to happen quite a bit quicker for, for those reasons as well as the social reasons. The fact that people don't want to just see the Fed and the government continuously uh, conduct policy that, that leads to a, a stagnating economy and yet... Uh, quite a bit of prosperity for the 1% or the 0.1%. So to answer your question, Mr. AK, that's my answer. We, I think we will in, 
run into this deflation, much like Japan has. I just see it on a very different timeline, and I think that the the, the methods to inflate, to fight this deflation, are are ultimately going to lead us to tipping too far in the other direction, to towards too much inflation. Now, there's a lot more pieces to this, and some of it, I, it's so hard to say, you know, to analyze all of this on a global perspective from a quantitative perspective when you're counting for all these other market movements and whatnot. But but that's just where I'm, I, I mean, if you can just go by a couple principles, the fact that debt always has to increase to try and fuel economic growth, um, the fact that the Fed and the government always chooses to postpone economic weakness in, in, in favor of short-term economic growth. Just those principles right there tell us that that's where we're ultimately heading here in the United States. And I think it's going to be the same case for for much of the world. The EU is heading in that direction. Japan, don't be fooled, is heading in that direction. Australia, Canada even, um, China is even heading in that direction. They, they have a massive debt bubble over there as well, which I've barely talked about in this, in this talk today. So, I'd like to hear your thoughts on this video down below in the comment section. Where do you guys think this is heading? Similar kind of deflation and then inflation. Uh, what's your timeline on this, etc. As always, I'd like to thank you guys from the bottom of my heart for watching this video, listening to this podcast, and God bless.